We talked last week about the two major emotions that uh, are in our lives, and uh, all other emotions come from those two. One is love, one is fear. You operate in one or the other, those, the love zone or the fear zone. And a lot of times we bounce back and forth, and, and that's not good. We, we've got to try to figure out how to get over in this love zone and stay there because that's what you were wired for. That's what God created you for. You were created to live in his love and in his presence, and you were created to be there. If you're not there, then chaos and trauma is what happens to your mind and your physical body. That's why we suffer so much in, in this world we live. And we, we live in a fear mindset that causes us to have anger, jealousy, uh, rage, causes us to, to overeat, causes us to, to go after drugs and, and all kinds of addictions. We're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. I'm going to be, be uh, looking at, at some parts of your brain that you need to know about because God needs to get a hold of those. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, God, get a hold of my brain. Because the Bible says we need to have a renewed mind. Amen. Be not conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. We're going to talk, be talking today about some things that need to be renewed in our mind and God needs to get in our library. Everybody say, God, get in my library. You got a bunch of books in there need to get need to be changed out. Amen. A lot of records that need to be changed out. Hallelujah. Um, the, the love zone. How many has been thinking about that this week? The love zone. Have you just stopped and said, hey, that's not the love zone. That's the fear zone. I need to get back in the love of God. It doesn't mean you go around like a flyer child all the time, you know, just, just you know. Uh, <laughs> back in the 60s, they wore big bell bottoms and flowers and all that kind of stuff. and tried to, They tried to emulate peace, but, but uh, perfect peace only comes from God. It doesn't come from trying to create a surrounding of peace. You can be a perfect peace in the middle of chaos because the peace dwells in you. It's not just around you. It dwells in you. Besides that, they use a whole lot of psychotropic drugs to try to get there. <laughs> We're going to be talking about that as well. Praise God. Everybody say, come on, Pastor. Get with it. I've got a lot of information to cover this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, everybody knows that 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Amen. Don't just pass that off as some hallmark thing that you don't need to, don't need to be investing in. You need to invest in this. Amen. This isn't just Hallmark movies. This is better than Hallmark movies. Amen. Hallmark movies are fantasy. People don't really act that way. Amen. But this is reality. This is real reality. This is doing things not because you feel pressured, not because you, you, uh, people are trying to get you to do it, but you, you, you do things, you give, you love, you, you, your actions come from a basis and, and a foundation that causes you to emulate the very things of God that is in you, and that's the love of God. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, Pastor. I got 152,000 things going through my mind right now. I have no idea where I come up with that number. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. 
And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now abides hope, faith, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. says, I have not given you, the, God, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How many know all that? Sounds pretty good. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth. The next verse says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many see in a theme here? In uh, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, all the verses I'm reading you is describing what the Christian life is about. Now, that's not what we see portrayed a lot of times. But the Christian life is about the things we've been talking about. Faith, hope, love, anticipation, righteousness, joy, and these things are in the kingdom of God, not in the kingdom of this world. They're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this world is searching for all manner of things, trying to activate that place of feeling like something's good or feeling like, hey, things are going all right. Or, or hey, have you ever just been in that, had that feeling, something happened, or, or uh, you just have that feeling that, hey, it's okay. Life's good. If you haven't felt that lately, you've not been operating in the love zone and you've not been in, inheriting the kingdom of God because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Amen. Come to a place where you feel like, hey, it's good. Life's good. I didn't say life was easy. I didn't say life was trouble-free. Hey, life's good. Why? Because I've got God, and God in me, and I, I in God, and, and, and he's got this thing, as Cody said earlier. Amen. We've got, we've got somebody caring for us and taking care of us. Sister Betty Jane here, I know she's going to get embarrassed because she don't like to be pointed out, but she just survived something that, that she shouldn't be. She's two weeks past her death. Two weeks. She should have died. Matter of fact, the doctor told her that you have 24 to 48 hours after your appendix ruptures before you die. When Sister Betty went to the doctor, she was on her ninth day. And her body had built this membrane that literally uh, encapsulated all of that poison in her body. That doesn't happen. Amen. The doctor told her, he said, you, before he released her, he said, you realize that you were supposed to go to sleep and never wake up, don't you? But she did wake up, and she's here right now. 
right back there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, that, that's living in the kingdom of God. Amen. Living in the kingdom of God. Bad things happen, but God's a good God. Life's not fair, but God's a good God. There are, there's all kinds of hatred and stuff going on around us, but God's a God of love. There's so much sorrow that we live around, but God's a God of joy. There's, there's, there's so much dread in life, but God's a God of hope and anticipation of good. Amen. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, grounded and rooted in love, power, love, and a sound mind, faith, hope, and love. All of these things are, is what the kingdom of God offers us, but very few of God's people operate in this realm because we are overwhelmed by the troubles and the problems and the things that go on around us, and we have been trained to operate in the fear zone. Amen. That is, that is the invader of our lives. I was sharing with some people the other night that, that contrary to popular belief and even preaching for years, our default mode is not the works of the flesh. That is the intruder. Our default mode is, is the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness. But why? Because we were created by God. We were wired by God. Our brains were wired by God. We were created to operate in that. And when Jesus came and died on the cross and paid the price for us and gave us salvation, we can be born again. What he's saying is, I've come to restore you to your original default mode. It's like taking a computer and going back to default mode, like when it's brand new. All of a sudden, everything gets erased. As far as I know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm technologically challenged, but that's what I've heard. I know I've sent some stuff to that place because it never appeared again. accidentally it's like where'd it go what what happened yeah i i was filling out a bunch of forms one time um legal forms uh for uh, uh india and i got almost to the end of it and was was just about to finish it up and all of a sudden everything just disappeared i'm looking at it and i'm thinking what what happened? Where'd it go? My my computer was showing the first signs of Alzheimer's. <laughs> because all of a sudden it just forgot where it was at. Forgot what it was doing. I had to start all over again. It was gone. I couldn't find them. The forms were gone. And we had to start all over again. How many feel like you do that in your life? You just have always starting over again. I got to tell you something. It's time to quit starting over again, and it's time to start moving forward in the presence of God and in the things God has for you. Amen. And so I want to I take us through some things that we need to understand and a process 
This is, this, is how, this is how your brain works with information. I've been talking about this, about being mentally whole, emotionally whole, and this is how your brain operates in information. Information, incoming information. What I'm giving you right now, what I'm saying to you right now is incoming information. For me, it's outgoing information. For you, it's incoming information. And so the first place that information goes is this, this place called the thalamus. It is the transmitter of your brain. And so when I'm, everything I'm saying is activating a region of your brain called the thalamus, and it begins to transmit information. The information you're receiving through your ears, through your eyes, all of, all of your senses, you are, you are receiving information through your thalamus. And it is transmitting it to a place, and if I get these names, say them weird, forgive me, but uh, amyg amygdala. It translates it or transmits it to a place called amygdala. Now, your amygdala is a library of emotional responses. A library of emotional responses. Did you know you have a library? From the time you were conceived, even in the womb, you begin to build this library of emotional responses. And every time you have incoming information, the, the uh, thalamus transmits it, mits, transmits it to the amygdala, and the amygdala immediately goes down the index until it finds the response that has been recorded that most fits that situation. And immediately it brings that up. And then that information is transferred to this place called the cingulate cortex. Cingulate cortex. And the cingulate cortex evaluates the information and decides what kind of physical response you're going to give to the information you have received. Amen. And all of that takes place in a quantum second. I mean, just it happens so fast. I think you, you're having, right now, you're having like 40 billion actions per second in your brain. 40 billion actions per second. And some of you say, I don't, feel, I don't know why I feel tired. Well, you have 40 billion actions per second taking place in your brain, and that's in your subconscious. In your consciousness, it's less than that, but it's still a, it's still a lot. But in your subconscious, there's 40 billion actions per second taking place. And so your body or your mind is constantly transmitting information, constantly accessing your library, and constantly sending it to the place of evaluation so that it, it is determined what kind of physical response, what you're going to say, what you're going to do, what kind of expression your face is going to make. You ever, you ever had one of those times where you thought, oh, man, I didn't mean to make that expression out loud my face wasn't supposed to do that because now everybody knows what I'm thinking <laughs> yeah you you want to sometimes sometimes I want to go through life with a poker face because I don't want anybody to think know what I'm thinking you know just but we can't do that there there are expressions matter of fact it's not good for me to do that because everybody thinks I'm mad all the time 
I don't understand that. But everybody, people come up to me and say, I mean, I'll just be happy as I can be. And people at work will come up to me and say, are you okay? Are you mad? No. That's just the, what, that's the way my face was built. <laughs> God did this. When I look at you like this, that can mean a hundred thousand things, okay? But our body is constantly responding to information, and depending on the library you have will determine what kind of response you give. Things like PTSD. PTSD is where fear has been ruminated to the point that it lives in you just as if, even though the threat is not here with you presently in physical form, you still are living as if it is. Why? Because that, that has become a dominant part of your library. Where things that happen, you immediately pull that up, and it ruminates. It's over and over and over and over. And, and when that happens, you live as if you are always experiencing that situation. A lot of things can happen. I mean, anytime you, you, you have something happen in your life that trauma comes in your life, you constantly relive that over and over and over. What are you doing? You're trying to figure out a response. You're trying, to fit, you're trying to understand it. But the problem is, if it's not dealt with properly, it becomes, it becomes a toxic thing that, that constantly holds you in a state of anxiety and fear and depression. And that is not what God made you for. That is, that is the fear zone. That is, that is not covenant. That is living in a place where anger or jealousy or, or um, what's some other things? Y'all afraid to say anything because I'll, I'll say, yeah, that's where you're living, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on. And where, where those things live in your heart. And what happens, the, you know, jealousy is something, if you, if you struggle with jealousy, it's because you have ruminated about those things to the point that it becomes your habitual place you go to. In other words, your library is always being accessed and and. and it, it starts discarding all this other information, and that emotion, that part of your library becomes the dominant part. It becomes the go-to place of your reactions because you have ruminated, you have practiced, you have habitually went back to that over and over and over, and now it's in your favorites list. How many's got stuff on your computer? It's in your favorites list. And it goes, you know, the first thing comes up is your favorites list, I think. I don't have one. I don't even know how to make one. But I, I've heard of these things. And I've even seen it on my computer, but I have no idea. I got my favorites list right here. I, you know, I, I don't live here. I live here, okay? And so we get to the point where the things that we ruminate about, what you meditate on and think about the most is what will grow and become dominant in your life. So how do you change that? You start focusing and concentrating on the things that God said his word is. What I just got through reading you, love, honor, grace, truth. It, you, you start going to hope, anticipation of good, hope. How many, how many want to live with some hope? 
A lot of people today live with dread and fear all the time because of what's going on around us and, and because of, you know, stuff like that. I see on Facebook all the time, people, you know, people are constantly posting this, this stupid stuff that people say, you know, congressmen and stuff like that, and, you know, they're, they're doing. And then they write on it, who cares what you think? Well, obviously you do because you just posted it. <laughs> so the rest of us had to read it, and now we have to determine how we feel about it. If you don't care about it, quit posting it. These silly people would go away if everybody would quit repeating what they say. Come on. Boy, I'm preaching good now. Amen. We're some good stuff. Let's, let's post some good stuff, some anticipation of good. Amen. How many, how many just have this anticipation of good? You got you to live every day like, hey, something good's about to happen. Praise God. And the first thing happens, something bad happens. Well, if you're living in the fear zone, you immediately go after that. Oh, I knew it, was, I knew it wasn't going to be true. I knew it. I knew it was going to fall apart. But if you're going after the love zone, something bad comes at you, something dramatic happens, and you immediately say, man, God's going to get some good out of this. Why? Because you know God doesn't forsake you or leave you. He's with you all the time. All the time. He doesn't leave you. Just because something bad happens doesn't mean God left you. It's called life. He never said he would insulate you away from life. He said, I will be with you. I will walk with you. When trouble comes, I'll deliver you out of the trouble. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. In other words, in other words the Spirit of the Lord quickly comes in. and raise, The standard means a flag. The Spirit of the Lord quickly comes in and raises up a flag over you and declares who you belong to. Excuse me. You don't belong here. Amen. Oh, if we could just start doing that. When, when fear comes in your life, if we could just stop and say, whoa, 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 trespassing. You don't belong here. Amen. When anger starts coming in your life, just stop and say, hey, hey, whoa, you crossed the line out there. The door is not open to you. You are, you are trespassing on private property, and you call the high sheriff of heaven and tell him, evict him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Get rid of these things. Hallelujah. Evict them out of there. Praise God. So our information is constantly received, appraised, and evaluated in, in so fast that you don't even know it's happening. But everything that happens, you smell. That's why a lot of times when something happens to you, you can, you can literally remember the smell, what, what things smelled like, what it felt like, what it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you can constantly, you constantly go through that over and over and over. And you ruminate about it. And you ruminate about it to the point it becomes a toxic mentality. It come, becomes a toxic thought. It comes, becomes your favorites list. And next thing you know, everything that happens brings that up so you begin to respond toxically to the things that are happening instead of responding in the presence of God. Whew. Amen. Oh, just to feel the presence of God. I'll tell you what, I was in here Friday. I had to haul hay all day yesterday with my youngest son. For 10 hours, we hauled hay mind-numbing but we got it done and 
So I was in here Friday, just took the day off, and I just I was in here, and I was going to get all this information together, and I was going to study, and I was going to get, get you know really get it lined out. And the first thing I did was come into the auditorium here and begin to pray and just begin to worship God. And I never got out of this auditorium because the sovereign divine presence of God came in so heavy that I couldn't leave. I could I didn't want to get out of His presence. I didn't want to do anything. I just want to stay right here because the glory of the Lord just literally encompassed around me, and He assured me in my heart that we are heading in a direction where he is going to begin to manifest himself. Why? Because we know who we are. We know what we are. We know what we're for. We know what our purpose is. We know why we're here. And we're no longer toxic, but now we are flowing with the presence of God. And the, and the very glory of the Lord inhabits us inhabits our praises. Amen. I'm going to talk to you about another place in your brain that is very, very important. And it's called the, the corpus striatum. I'm not sure I pronounced that right, but that is hillbilly for a medical term, corpus striatum. It's something that most of us don't know about. Matter of fact, science knows very little about it, but neuro neurological science has begun to in investigate this, and they found that this part of your brain, the corpus striatum, which as I begin to read about this and, and, and understand it, Holy Spirit just begin to talk to me, and, and you know, neuroscience might disagree with me, but they'll catch up. And when <laughs> I begin to realize what was going on here, that's what we're talking. We're talking about the carnal mind becoming spiritual mind, the Holy Spirit becoming the, the theme and the, the and the power and the control of our mind instead of the carnal mind, which is enmity and death. And so we we are moving into a spiritual mind where we perceive things according to the Word of God. And this thing called corpus. Uh, striatum. I was talking to some of the worship team after service about this last Sunday and trying to explain it because I was so excited about it. I thought, man, I got, it, it's not till next Sunday, but I got to talk to somebody about this. I got to tell them. I got to tell them about this. This is neat. I'm pumped. Let's go. And so I began to I began to talk to him about it and try to explain it to him and try to explain what was going on. And and uh, later that day, I was talking about it's it's about addiction. How addiction takes place in our life. What it is that we become addicted to, why we become addicted, and what it is we're supposed to be. Did you know we were created to be addictive people? But the devil has hijacked it. We have a purpose for our cravings. We have a purpose for our emotional desires. They're not for this world, they're for God. Amen. And I was explaining some of that, and Sister Val sent me a picture later on that afternoon of a cup of coffee, and, and she said, I've, I've, got, I've got my Scandinavian court uh, celebarum going. <laughs> Corpus striatum. But she called a Scandinavian cerebellum. <laughs> We're getting it. We're getting there. Okay. This place in our brain lights up when, when in, in peace and calmness. That part of our brain begins to light up. When we, when we feel we're wired for this, we're wired uh, for positive reinforcement. This, this area of our brain has to do with positive reinforcement. I asked earlier, is there ever a time where you just feel like, hey, you know, this is good. This is good. You know, I've got things in my life that, that tell me that, that when I'm around it or when I think about it, I have that feeling that, whoa, that's good. This is good, you know? 
I walked in the house Friday after I was over here at the church. I walked in the house. I walked up to Sister Betty, and I said, I just want to let you know that you activate my corpus striatum. <laughs> she said, I, I think that's good. <laughs> it's something where you have this feeling that, hey, life's good. I feel good. That, that feel good. Now, that has been hijacked. We, we have went after everything except what it was made for. And we deal with it. The, the court systems are overloaded to the point they can't even get the court, they can't even get all the cases through because people are trying to access their corpus striatum through means that are temporary and only cause problems. Because we crave this feeling. We crave this place of it's good. Our police officers deal. David deals. Steve, he's retired now. Woo, glory, glory. He doesn't have to deal with it now. But they deal with this constantly. And what they see is not a bunch of people that are feeling good about life. What they see... Brother Matt, how many overdoses do you show up on and try to bring people back? And sometimes you can't bring them back. They're already gone. Why? Because they're searching for this place. They're searching for this feeling. They're searching for this thing that makes them feel like, hey, it's good. And they get it temporarily. Now, listen. Peacefulness, feeling good. This, this, this same area, it's, it, we were built, this part of our brain was built to be activated by God's presence, by his word, by prayer, by worship. Our uh, Thursday morning prayer, the ladies that was, that was back there praying Thursday morning, the presence of God was so powerful that at the end they said that they just they just they just was so content and just they you know some of them just laid down because they, just the presence of God was so amazing. What was that? They got their corpus striatum lit up. <laughs> that place of peace, that place of of whoa man, this is awesome. This is good. This is wonderful. You know, there's places in, in this world that I've experienced that. And, and I still remember it. It's still there. I, it's in my library. We got to change our library card, folks. We got we to stop shopping at the toxic library and we got to get a whole new library established in our life. And it's the places that feel good. It's the places that, that was full of life and hope and joy and peace and, and all that, that stuff that just makes you feel like, wow, this is awesome. I can still feel it. I told the last time I was in the Philippines preaching the gospel, the presence of God was so powerful. that And, and it's addicting. You get addicted to the presence of God. Literally get addicted, and that's what it's for. 
If we just get addicted to the anointing and presence of God instead of searching after things in this world to try to activate that place. I was praying the other day, and I just began to think about it, and I, I, this is what I said. Damon and Betty, you know what I'm talking about. I said, God, I want to feel preaching here in America. I want to feel the things that I, that I experienced Last time I was in the Philippines, because when I was preaching, the presence and glory of God was so powerful that it felt like the hair of my body was literally standing out. Everywhere I preached, every, they were killing people all around us. There was 50 calibers going off. There's AK-47 shooting. We had to watch where we go. We had, we'd get to places where there have been battles and, and all that stuff. It should have been a fear zone, but instead it was an awesome love zone. Why? Because in the middle of that chaos, God was manifesting and God was blessing people and saving people. Demon peop, demons were coming out of people. They were being healed. The glory of God. And when I, while I was preaching, I would literally feel like I was electrified, just my whole body. Why? Because, because my thigh was receiving that the input of God and my amygdala was going to the library of the presence of God and pulling it up and sending it to the rest of my body and all of a sudden I began to have a physical response of the presence of God some of what I'm feeling today we're gonna we're gonna get to the place we're, we're getting there. Come on, America. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I love that. I, I am addicted to the anointing of God. I'm addicted to the presence of God. I love the presence of God. I preached, I preached in places where they were threatening to kill me. And, and if you tell me if you preach the gospel tonight, we're going to kill you. And I get up and preach the gospel and the peace and presence of God so powerful that I could care less what they're doing. Why? Because I'm in the presence of God. Oh, my, my, my. My, my mind is being activated in a right way because I'm at home. This is where I belong. This is what it's all about. This is the presence of God. And I love the presence of God. I love the Word of God. I love to pray. I love to worship. I love to be in His presence all the time. Why? Because you can be in some of the most dangerous situations and feel like you're at home. Have that attitude, hey, it's good. It's good. Amen. I remember one night I was preaching after there was thousands of people there and, and they'd threatened to kill us and all this kind of stuff. And I got up and preached the gospel harder than I'd preached the whole week. They said, if you preach Jesus as the only way of salvation, we're going to kill you tonight. And I got up and preached Jesus the way of salvation. My interpreters tried to talk me out of it. They tried to get me to preach something different. But we preached the, the power of Jesus Christ. And I watched as, as the front filled up with people receiving receiving Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about just raising their hand to receive another God. I'm talking about people that knew that they needed Jesus Christ and that, that they were giving their life to him and him alone. And I watched as they filled up the front and gave their life to Jesus in the midst of all that, and it felt good. It felt like home. 
I preached the gospel one night, and there was a large crowd, and all of a sudden, motorcycles and cars started coming between the buildings and, and, and coming through the people fast. I mean, they were stirring up dust. They come flying in fast. They jumped out of their cars, jumped out of their motorcycles, and, and come running toward the front of the auditorium where I was preaching as, as if they were going to threaten me. They were going to do something. They were going to, you know, harm us in some way. And they're running up there, you know, and, and they're going to they're gonna take us out. And I never even paid attention to them. I saw them, but I care less what they're doing because I was preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God. I was at home. Amen. My, my, my corpus triatum was activated, and I was feeling good about the way God was moving. And they come running to the front. They got right to the front, and they all just stopped. Just stopped in their tracks. And they started looking at each other going like this. And I just kept preaching. And they all just turned around and walked off like this. I just kept preaching. Why? Because when you know who you are, when you let God change the library in your head, when you learn to let that incoming information go through a new channel called the library of the Holy Ghost, then all of a sudden things begin to change and you start emulating. Your responses are changed. You begin to act differently. Now listen. This place, this corpus striatum, is also falsely activated by drug and alcohol. Oh, in the devil cruel, comes up with substances that we can snort up our nose or drink or smoke that temporarily gives us this little feeling of it's okay, it's awesome. It's wonderful. But then all of a sudden it's gone and we're left with tragedy and trauma and destruction. Why? Because that's not where we live. That is the toxic place of the fear zone. It's not the love zone of God. And when you transfer to the love zone of God, after you've been in the presence of God, you still feel in the presence of God. It doesn't leave. It doesn't go away. You walk in his presence. Several years ago, I was working on a construction uh, line crew, building, building cross-country lines and worked with a lot of rough people. I've all, all my life, I've worked with people like this. And they had went out, I forget what it was they got. They'd went and got some new drugs that they hadn't tried before. I don't remember if it was acid or, you know, I don't, it was something. And I heard them talking about it after work. And I was in charge of, of the vehicles, the keys and everything. So they was beating on my door telling me to give, give them the keys so they could go get these drugs. And I told them no way. And, and, and you know, that, that, there was a lot of conflict and all that kind of stuff over that. And, and there was uh, black eyes and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But, but I won. Woo! <laughs> they didn't get the keys. <laughs> Well, they, got, they found a way to get to this place. The next day, I had to drag them out of their rooms, load them in the truck so we could go to work, and my life, my safety was dependent on these guys, and I had to drag them in there, get them in their trucks, 
you know, get out to the job, and they were already popping pills, trying to, you know, trying to get themselves going. And later that day, they were talking about this great experience they had the night before. And one guy said, man, that was awesome. I felt like I was a millionaire, like I owned the world. I heard him talking about that. I turned around, and I said, yeah, but you don't, do you? I said, not only do you not own the world, you don't even own a car. You don't have any money in your pocket because you just blew it all on drugs. You have nothing because of this little temporary feeling that you could have if you would just turn your life over to God, you could have it all the time. And I told him, I said, guys, I live like that every day of my life, and I don't take drugs to do it. I've got somebody that lives inside of me. And all I have to do is start thinking about him. All I have to do is start worshiping. Like Paul and Silas, just, man, they had their backs beat off. They were bruised. They were bloodied. They were locked in the inner prison. And all of a sudden, something began to happen. What was it? Their addiction kicked in. They started, they started feeling that craving. You know, they, 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 they had this craving because they were addicted to something. And they were addicted to the presence of God. And all of a sudden, they began to sing. And they begin to pray. They begin to worship because they just wanted to be in the presence of God. They wasn't worried about the beating they just took. They wasn't worried about being locked away. They were wanting the presence of God. And all of a sudden, the presence of God shook that place and set them free. And people got saved. Why? Because they were addicted to something that was beyond this world. They weren't addicted to the things around this world. They wasn't full of anger and wrath and envy. How? Did Stephen, being stoned to death, said, I saw the heavens open, and I saw Jesus stand at the right hand of the Father? How'd he do that? Because in the midst of all that, he was somewhere else. His corpus striatum was lit up like, like a Roman candle. I mean, like, like a 4th of July explosion because he was experiencing the presence of God. See, drugs and alcohol is a lie, a fake. And I'm not, on, going, I'm not even going to be able to get into the other part that is even more addictive according to neuroscience, which is the American diet. According to American science, they said it's even more addictive than cocaine, heroin, alcohol, cigarettes. Just felt a cold wave go over this congregation. Boy, I was doing good until I brought that up. It feels good sitting there at that quart of chocolate ice cream eating it. While you're eating it, it feels, ooh, that tastes good. What is it? Your corpus striatum is lighting up, and you're thinking, ooh, this is good, this is awesome. And then you get through eating it, and it's an empty bowl, and then you have to live with, the, with, with what's left, you know. Then, you know, then, then, you know, through the lips and on the hips. <laughs> Felt so good to tickle my toes, but now it's up and stretching my clothes. We don't even have time to get into that. Our sugar addictions and our salt addictions and our, and our, our cravings. Why do we have cravings like that? 
I'm telling you why you're having cravings. Like, because you were wired to be addicted to the presence of God, but we are, we are, uh, we are aborting the full real purpose of why we were created, why we have all this, and we're going after temporary fixes when we could be in the presence of God. I'm not sure I got all this across. I've I've been trying to communicate as fast as I possibly could because I had a lot of information to get out, but listen to me. I don't know about you, but I want to become more addicted to God's presence than I've ever been before. I mean, I, I want to live in his presence. That doesn't mean that I'm no good at work. It means I'm better at work. You know why? Because when that's lit up, when you're feeling good, you are productive. It's operating in the fear zone that makes you non-productive. It's when your brain is having, having collisions at the, at, because of all the conflicted thinking that's going on and the anger and the malice and the feelings and the emotions, and it's all, it's all conflicting and running into each other, and you can't think, you can't focus, and you're upset, and you don't, you don't flowing, and so you're not good, you're not productive, but when you get in the presence of God, when, the, when God begins to become your library, when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God becomes your library that you access, and, and and becomes your response, then all of a sudden you become productive. You can work for hours and not even realize it. Some of y'all ain't believing me on that one. Why? Because you're not looking to the temporal to make you feel successful or make you feel good. You're receiving from the eternal, and that makes you flow better than you've ever flown before. Praise God. Why is it that we spend so much time warring and fighting in our minds and our hearts? It's because we haven't taken the time. to build our minds so that our transmitter transmits to the right library and our library pulls up the right stuff, emotional responses. Did you know you can access the emotional responses of Jesus? It doesn't have to be yours. Why? Because we've received his spirit. Being renewed in the spirit of mind, and all of a sudden we can start accessing things that, that we didn't own, we didn't have. Why? Because now it does, we do own it. it. We do have it. And all of a sudden we can start accessing a whole different library. Our amygdala become, all of a sudden gets a download. Have you ever downloaded stuff on a computer? I mean, down a little thumb drive. It's amazing why you can put them on those little tiny sticks. I mean, you put thousands and thousands and thousands of pages, and all of a sudden, you know, the, God just starts downloading. You start spending time in the Word of God. You start praying. You start worshiping in, in His presence. That's why some of you say that you just love being here on Sunday morning at church. Why? Because, because it's your feel-good time. It's your, you're, you're becoming addicted. You just want to stay here. Why? Because 
the part of your brain that God created for him is being activated and it feels good. It feels right. All of a sudden, everything disappears and life's good right now in his presence. Stand with me, dear. Oh, thank God. Now listen, in order to get this, you've got 24 to 48 hours before everything I just said to you becomes hot air and evaporates out of your, out of your body. You can only hold something for 24 to 48 hours if you don't rehearse it. That's why, that's why it's so powerful when you ruminate about bad things because it becomes a physical part of your brain. But if we start ruminating about good things, about the Word of God, rehearsing over and over and over, go on our Facebook account and watch this message over and over and over until you get it. Why? Because it's important to you. Important to your life. Father, thank you for creating us with all these wonderful, wonderful things. But Father, sin has robbed us hijacked us and distorted the things you created and turned them into something evil and wicked where our desires our emotional desires are evil destructive and harmful Father I pray right now that you help us to understand, Lord God, that you help us to grab hold. Lord, there are people in this house today, Lord God, that are struggling with disappointment, Lord God. And they turn it on themselves, Lord God, and they're always beating themselves down, Lord God. They, they... Father, I, I pray today that you change, that that changes, Father. Lord, there are people today here today that are struggling with anger, unforgiveness, and malice because of things that have happened to them in their life. But Father, I pray today, Lord God, that they can understand that they can change that response, they can change that library. Father, there are people today that are struggling with PTSD, struggling with depression, anxiety. Lord, I thank you that these are not permanent conditions. These are temporary conditions. Because you've come to change us. You've come to rearrange us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.